Let's have some fun. Welcome to the Loco Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Bear. This show is produced by me and my team and sponsored by my small business, Loco Think Tank, and sometimes others. Episodes feature a range of local and regional business and community leaders as guests in a conversational interview format. Our guests are interesting and successful people with unique business journeys, and the more business education and unvarnished truth we can uncover, the better. You'll feel like you really know our guests after each episode, and if I'm doing my job well, listeners will find business principles and tips from their journey and a greater appreciation for each of our guests. Woven into these long-format experience episodes are occasional Thought Bubbles episodes, topically-focused snippets of 5 to 15 minutes where our guests unfold important and timely business truths, and also I'll read the local perspective blog posts, because I'm lazy and prefer to listen than to read, and maybe you do too. Thanks for tuning in, and if you like the show, please subscribe, review, and share it with your favorite people. Hi, this is Kurt Bear, host of the Loco Experience Podcast. Thanks for tuning in for this month's blog post titled, Are You Speaking My Language? In this month's blog, I'll be examining communication habits, both my own and those I see in others, and unfolding what I find and understand as best practices. The title that came to me this month is, Are You Speaking My Language? And I'm going to hone in especially on, number one, how can we best ensure clear understanding in our daily communications and interactions? And number two, what are the essential elements of clear agreements? How can we have not only understanding, but also commitment to a mutually beneficial outcome? I started writing this blog on the morning of my honey bear's birthday, which also happens to be her sister's birthday. They are twins, you see, and I've written before about the special bond that twinship often brings. June is the month of the horoscope Gemini, more or less, and the notion for this writing goes back to a networking meeting that opened my mind to a previously unknown topic. One Business Connection is a networking organization founded in Colorado, that has dozens of chapters around the state and many more virtual events. Shameless plug, listen to my Loco Experience podcast conversation with 1BC founder Greg Petrie on episode number 51. If you're a member of 1BC, you can visit any of these chapters, and as it goes, I visited a group down in Windsor that had not attended before. We all went around the room and introduced ourselves as normal, and among the number were a pair of twins, Jessica and Melissa, partners in a local real estate business. And here comes the part where I stuck my foot in my mouth. After the introductions concluded, I asked the twins from what exotic location their accent was from. In my perception, English was likely their first language, but from New Zealand or South Africa or some such locale. They shared with me that actually, they grew up in the American West, but that they were homeschooled for much of their childhood, and I developed twin speak, or twin language as it may better be called, which might be understood as a dialect or invented language that only a matched pair of twins can understand. The sisters had been homeschooled for most of their early childhood, and only began interacting with other children in earnest during high school. I'm sure this was a struggle in the early years. Children can be cruel, but it was obvious, even in our short interaction, that both these ladies had developed into smart and confident women with excellent communication ability. Moreover, their willingness to share this authentic story with me, then yet a stranger, convinced me that they would represent well their client needs, and I noted that either would bring a lot of value to a loco chapter and put them on my prospect list. Neither is a member yet, but I remain optimistic. I tell this story mostly to make you smile, and also to make you think, who are the teammates, family members, friends, and acquaintances with whom you struggle to communicate? And why is it that you struggle, and what can be done about it? As I reflect on this question, I can't help but think of the political divide rolling at a slow boil in recent years in our country, recently highlighted by the abortion rights conversation. 
Impressive protest march up College Avenue on Saturday, by the way. Maybe 1,000 people? To read most of the protest signs, news articles, and political statements by business leaders, music singers, and Hollywood stars, the reversal of Roe vs. Wade is an intentional and direct attack on women's natural rights by misogynistic white men. It's hard to reconcile that notion with the fact that men make up only a slight majority in the pro-life movement, and so there are tens of millions of anti-women's rights women, and that men represent almost none of the leadership of said movement, and that they seem focused on messaging of expansion of rights of the unborn babies or the fetuses, if you'd rather. But I do understand the notion, and in fact, I was strongly pro-choice until my early 30s, and I remain conflicted as to what might be the ideal policy. It seems impossible to find an appealing compromise on this issue. What's particularly striking to me about this issue is that it is a reversal of roles in many ways for the collectivists and the individualists. When it comes to COVID lockdowns and vaccinations, or universal health care, or basic income, or climate change, The progressive wing of the nation, and the world, is all about taking it for the team of suppression of individual rights. But when it comes to abortion, they are for greater liberties. Conversely, the individualistic wing that pushes against those grand and global measures in this area act more like collectivists. In addition to protecting unborn babies, most of them are seeking a change that calls for increased self-control and responsibility in pursuit of a stronger and better society. The thing is, free love isn't free. And it isn't really love, because it doesn't produce loving families that raise children in decades-long covenant partnerships, the kind of families that send their kids to college and help them start new businesses and support them when time gets tough. Unfortunately, and God bless them and love them, the single moms of our nation raise the poorest and most criminalized children, and their baby daddies are often prolific in everything but fatherhood and education and clean living. And so you want to end abortion, leaving even more moms with children that they're not prepared for? I'm pleased with the outcome of Roe versus Wade because I see it as a state's right topic. The power is not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. Roe versus Wade should never have become the law, according to many constitutional scholars, and this court. We are a republic of states, and it seems to me good and proper that different regions of a diverse nation might have different laws and expectations of what their state might do or not do for them. I dream of a hold loosely kind of republic, because it seems to me the tight grip of Washington, D.C. does little to enhance human thriving, except for the insiders in D.C. Let the states be different, that's the way this nation was designed, and let's look at the outcomes and see where people are flourishing more, and emulate those places. And, I would like to see those would-be baby daddies be responsible enough not to have relations with women who they are not prepared to marry and raise a child with, and for the women of the world to recognize that their very special power and responsibility, and find yourself a man with whom you'd like to raise children and stay with. And protect yourself from pregnancy until you're confident about it, in whatever fashion you choose. And I'd like a unicorn to ride a rainbow to my house and deliver a pot of gold. Yes, I know, humans be humans. But I do think taking more responsibility for our intimate relationships will be better for human thriving overall. It's an individual sacrifice for the greater good of the collective. And it's a hard question, one of the hardest. And if you don't think so, you're not paying very close attention to the nuances of this topic and conversation. So there's the answer to my first question. To ensure clear understanding, both parties have to try to understand the other. That means listening to understand, asking questions, speaking truly and freely. All of these things are necessary for clear understanding and often absent from our political hot topics. My challenge to you is this. Whether you fall in the abortions in the third trimester camp or the life begins at conception camp, 
or the somewhere in between camp like 75% of Americans. Find someone you know that disagrees with you and have an open and respectful conversation and make sure you understand and can explain why they feel as they do, even if or as you remain in disagreement. Anyway, I'll move on. I'm a man, and so I have no right to have an opinion on this topic anyway. Let's talk about my own communication habits. I'm an expert there. I have 255 unread emails at present moment, down from a crest of 305 yesterday, so I'm making some progress. I run the inbox zero system exceedingly poorly, so this is an anxiety-producing circumstance, and I'm committed to getting it back to zero on my road trip to North Dakota later this week to see my mom. We're celebrating her 70th birthday with a picnic in the park, close to where she played fast-pitch softball for many years. My mom founded our Little League baseball team. Have I told you that before? She took our little Pingree Buchanan Elementary School with maybe 15 eligible students and launched an 8- and 9-year-old's team that played in the Jamestown City League and stayed alongside us as we aged to be 10, 11, and then 12- and 13-year-olds playing fast pitch. She taught me and dozens of other young boys and a few girls how to throw a ball and how to stay down on a grounder and the rules and etiquette of the game. She's very organized, my mother, a place for everything and everything in its place, and I treasure my weekly conversations with her and all the more of the visits. This paragraph has little to do with my topic. I just wanted to share a little bit about my ma. Unlike my mother, I'm not very organized, and to some extent, my brain flourishes in bringing order out of chaos. Despite all those unread emails, I've pulled out the most important ones and done something with them. And even though I seldom look at my task list that the team helps me build and maintain, most of the tasks still get done. But some never do, and if I've missed something, following up with you in some way or paying the office rent, as I did last month until the 14th, but I paid July rent early to make up for it, or sending you that recipe that you asked for, you better ask again because it slipped off my list. But I can crush it at Boggle. My mind can pull words out of jumbles faster than almost anyone. And I believe my ability to make complex topics easier to understand is stronger than the average bear. And I'm blessed to find joy in my work and love in my home. But those emails, though. I've written before about Alma. She's the digital experience coordinator here at Loco Headquarters. My style of living would drive Alma crazy. She could not abide. She enjoys planning things out and setting up processes, and when we have team meetings, she's always ready with a recap afterwards. Alma fills my gaps in wonderful ways, and we have what I describe as a trusted and committed working relationship. Alma moved up to full-time and salary recently, and that move was the source of a recent breakdown in communication between us. The week before, I made an offhand comment to Alma that we should probably take Monday off to celebrate Juneteenth. To set the context, we've pretty much always worked on what I'd call the minor holidays, President's Day, MLK, Valentine's Day, Halloween, Veterans Day, and we take off the big ones, Christmas, New Year, Memorial Day, Labor Day, Independence Day. Having no special relationship to the Juneteenth holiday and a long list of projects and tasks, she would normally have worked all day. Alma is smart as a whip, though, and quickly understood that she would be paid the same for the month of June whether or not she worked that Monday, and so she took me up on the offer and had a fun day off. Well, not that much. Her family and her boyfriend were all working. But she got some things done that she'd been meaning to and had a good day overall. Meanwhile, I'm working by myself, kind of lonely and feeling dumb for making that comment and for not having the guts to share that it wasn't really an offer, but more of an observation that there's a new federal holiday. I felt like she increased the risk of her projects not getting done on time, took advantage of her new salary position. But when I thought of the things from Alma's perspective, or what I'd have done in the same situation... I could not falter. I'd have done the same thing. Later last week, we talked about it and about how she felt awkward at home, like she'd really rather have been working on projects at the office 
and we made a clear agreement about what the expectations are for salaried employees at Loco Think Tank, basically her and myself. We've talked about the various holidays. We clarified what the time off policy was going to be, about my goals and timeline to further increase her pay and invest in her learning. And I think it was a great conversation that left us both with increased peace and understanding. My sources tell me there's a lot of chaos going on lately in the job market. Employees leaving with no notice, interview candidates, no call, no showing, and a whole lot of poaching of talent among organizations. It's hard to grow a business when you're constantly hiring replacement workers and training new employees, and there seems to be a growing lack of commitment among the labor force. Probably much of this is deserved. Here in northern Colorado, and especially in Fort Collins, we've had underemployed labor force for years, and our pay rates lagged well behind metro markets like Denver. But now we're competing for employees again, and I think it's a good foundation to build commitment with new and long-time employees is to have clear agreements. This can be done with two easy steps. One, who will do what by when? And two, agreement to renegotiate before the deadline if necessary. Clear job descriptions, HR policy manuals that are current and relevant, regular staff meetings and team meetings with clear accountability and timelines, easy to understand contracts with clients and partners, follow up and follow through, mission, vision, values. All of these are elements of clear agreements. As business leaders, we are best when we remove the obstacles to success from our teams, and that starts with clarity. Clarity of purpose, clarity of role, clarity of expectations, clear agreements on what we are here for, who will do what, by when, and the expectation of accountability and agreement to renegotiate before deadlines. We all have different thinking styles and communication habits, but if we remember to always try to understand, provide clarity, and make clear agreements, we'll avoid much of the drama and chaos that plague individual and enterprises in any economic or political climate. Thanks for reading or listening, and if you're listening, please make sure to subscribe to the Loco Experience podcast on your favorite listening platform. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Logo Experience podcast. If you enjoyed this program, share with your favorite people and please leave us a review on your favorite listening platform. Subscribe to never miss the latest interview and check out thelogoexperience.com to learn more and find our library of episodes. Until next time, stay local.